That's great. I enjoy gaming, but in my free time, I also do photography. You are listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode 134 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. I'm your host, Steve, along with two of my co-hosts today, Mike and JD. Devin could not be with us. He might be joining us later, but he had a family issue that he had to attend to. So we're going to wish him and his grandmother all the best, and hopefully they can get that figured out. His grandmother. Oh, that's not what she, that's I, I yeah, I heard gunmother for a but second. But we hope she recovers. We saw pictures. It wasn't good. We hope she recovers and she oh. feels better because that's unfortunate for anybody to have. So yeah, it's not and good. Thoughts and, yeah. But Mike, JD, glad to glad for you guys to be with us today. There is a lot of gaming news to talk about. There's been a lot of things happening. Like when I was putting together the show notes, I just kept adding and adding and adding things. I was like, man, eventually I just got to like stop putting things on this list. But we'll talk about the things that, that we enjoy the most. And some of the stuff will just skip past if it's not very interesting to us at all. But there's been a lot of discussion in the gaming industry. So we're going to talk about that. So first of all, thank you, everyone. It is August the 6th. And it is late. And we're going to get right into this. So first of all, what I would like to do is I would like to thank all of our patrons for supporting us for such a very long time. We've got patrons in our chat right now that have been supporting us for since I can remember. Um, so thank you very much for helping the Freelancer Codex um, pay its bills. So we'd like to thank Julius, Nathan B., Michael R., Trent B., Man and Still, Scout69, Dragonheart76, Jeffrey H., The Gameplay Experience, and RZ. Again, thank you so very much. Michael and Scout are hanging out with us in chat today, so shout out to you guys. Thank you very much. All right. If anyone would like to send feedback, questions, comments, concerns, corrections into the podcast, you can do that at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Just hit us up with the message, a message, and just let us know what your thoughts are, and we'll cover it. All right. So let's dive into what we have been doing this last past week, because I am actually pretty interested in what you guys have been up to. I have been doing a lot of different types of games, so before we jump into that, um, let's JD, let's go to you, and let's. Uh, what have you been doing this last week, gaming gaming wise, or or even it doesn't even have to be gaming wise. It can just be what you were up to. Um, well, I'm still slowly working my way through uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I originally the the, the original plan was to you know maybe start ghost of tsushima get a little ways in and then finally get on the final fantasy 7 remake because that's been on my list for a while and i i have it and, um but ghost of tsushima is really good um not super involved in the story i'm just really involved uh, i just really like the gameplay really like the environments and then uh when i wasn't busy doing that um we uh since the last time I've been on, we celebrated the one year, well, not celebrated, uh, but we marked the one year anniversary of my dad, uh, you know, going into the hospital, going into his coma, everything that happened there, and just kind of being thankful for all the progress that he's made. And we return to school next week, um, not in person, distance learning and such, but that's been interesting getting that set up. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Yeah, very cool. So KDT says that she loves Ghost. And can't wait to buy it until you get better internet. I completely understand. <laughs> Especially if you're downloading something on the PlayStation Network, it will take forever to download. So, Mike, what have you been up to? I um, recently got back into Destiny. Not full-fledged. I'm not playing every day. I'm not logging hours and hours and hours. 
Um, but I am playing and I'm actually helping my oldest kind of go through for his first time go through. So there's a lot of levels that, uh, hey, Derek, can you help me with this one? Yeah, I can help you with this one. So there's a lot of that going on, which is fun. We get to share it together and I get to teach a little bit, making sure, you know, just because you like that gun, it's not the higher level. So go with the higher level until you're max level. And then you can start, you know, playing with builds and playing with guns and stuff. So it's fun. So he's playing it. He's getting into it. Um, tells me about all these things that he, you know, gets scared of the hive and the thrall. And I'm like, oh, I remember I remember <laughs> when I couldn't do those levels at night or when, you know, I played so much that when I went to sleep, I still heard Omnigal. He played he played uh, Omnigal Strike today, and I was like, oh, oh no. that brings back memories. Remember the yeah. first time we ran that, and it took us forever? <laughs> yep. And I'm just like, scream so many I, times. So I take the controller from him, and I'm just like doing it in my sleep. I'm like, go to this room, pop out, shoot, 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 pop yeah. out, shoot, Stand shoot, way shoot. back so, here, cheese this, yep. stand here, cheese move this, out. Cheese that. Now go shoot So, her. I mean, so it was fun. It wasn't terrible. I enjoyed it, and, and he's in, he is enjoying it also, so kind of a fun thing that we get to share together and i jump back on um playing destiny 2 just doing the free-to-play stuff right now which apparently well i had thought i had completed all the free-to-play stuff up into the first expansion but apparently i hadn't because there was a few other i have a few other mission steps that i can complete um so i'm just doing those over again and just playing and seeing you know if i if i like destiny 2 and you know, when the other stuff comes free to play, I'm going to try that out. So, so your oldest is playing Destiny One. Yeah. Why? How come you haven't played Destiny One and not Destiny Two? That's where you start. You start at the beginning. Well, I don't think you had to start there. Destiny, because Destiny is Destiny Two on the Xbox. I mean, it should be. I that's where Destiny we played it on the a Xbox. bunch. Yeah. yeah. So Destiny Two. Well, I'm just starting him at the beginning, right? You got to get the whole story. I, I guess did it. So. He did it. I walked to school uphill. Both ways. I don't have time to explain. I don't have time to explain. So (laughs) I. Oh, that. Oh my god. You know what? You know what? I thought. I thought that 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 was our first encounter with the stranger, and it's not. No, the first encounter is she looks at you while you are. Uh We've awoken the hive, and then she pieces out. No, she she looks at us when we get our ship, and we fly to the tower for the first time. And I'm like, like she's here. Right. She didn't do anything. Like at all in the entire game and she gave us a crap gun it wasn't like, that bad strip? of a gun it, it, how, how long did you it, use it, it? looked kind of cool that is actually one of the guns that i kept in my vault for the entirety of the game the very first gun that you get um because it's the one that looks like the ar and then the stranger's rifle i kept for the longest time because i always thought that maybe they would actually do something with that and i think they well, i think they eventually did in Kustav, destiny 2 the kustav turns exotic yeah, I think they, right. they do that they eventually. Get a quest for that. Stranger's rifle, no deal. No dice. Mm. No, I, I'm pretty mm. sure something Nothing happens with it in Destiny 2. It doesn't. I'm pretty you're sure wrong. it does. I, I, I might not be. So, um, while you're talking about Destiny 2, because my oldest, who is now 11, I now have an 11-year-old, which kind of freaks me out. <laughs> um, because all of, like all 11-year-olds, I think they're jerks, right? Hopefully he's like, not listening. But That's automatically, really I think mean, they man. just turned it. Don't they? Like, is yours like That's... not that way? Well, I mean, you don't say it. What do you mean you don't say it? I mean, he's not here. I'm just saying. It's just like automatically happens. So because I, w- I was having this debate because my wife and I were like, okay, we don't want him playing certain video games, um, doing this and this and this. Because, you know, like the, the whole American, like, um, oh, it's not. Yeah, I guess it's a trope. Is like, hey, you can't see, you know, you can't see nudity. 
but here's this super violent game. Go ahead and go shoot your buddies in the head like all day long, right? So right. like like my boys haven't really played shooters. Hey SJ, how's it going? Like I don't really let them play shooters. They did a little bit of Star Wars Battlefront, but it's always been the thing like okay, so what to- what age is a good age to introduce them to like first person shooters, right? Right. Because that's always something that's like I don't want to introduce. I don't want them like playing Call of Duty. I don't want them playing like Grand Theft Auto, because I just those aren't games that I'm like a super big fan of anyway. But yeah. like you know like because Destiny is rated T for Teen, so like our kids are yeah. super early playing that. So I don't know if that's like just a hey, it's you know gonna be a SJ. Thanks for the sub. Really appreciate it. Shout out to you. Thanks for stopping by the chat again. So I don't know, like, when a good age, or is is it just dependent on the kid? You know that when you can like introduce him to that the game. Also, I mean, like, Destiny isn't like super violent, but you're still like shooting stuff at people. Yeah, well, and it's a different type of it's that sci-fi violence that kind of falls into a different category because even like even like the sci-fi cartoons, they're not rated. They're rated uh, TVY, right? Versus versus like. You know, another something where it's human on human, which would be rated like TV teen or something like that. Mm-hmm. So so there's a, there's a difference there, a slight difference. I mean, it gets questionable when you start doing like PvP and stuff, because that's, you know, hunters versus hunters and Titans versus Titans. But, you know, I think if I think if the kid is ready and if the parent is ready, because that's really what it's about, is the parent ready for for being able to see their kids, you know, kind of start playing this stuff and so Well, in the parent book that I did not receive, there's not a chapter <laughs> that covers this. So I'm just like, well, I mean, we'll try it out. Hopefully, like, you know, watch your behavior. We don't want to see, like, you know, random changes in how you're acting towards your brothers or, you know, picking up sticks. But but then again, it's like, I mean, when we were kids, we, like, picked up sticks and act like we were shooting oh, each yeah. other, right? So is that, everything, like, everything, everything was, was a gun, we right? Kids. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm, and and everything... Know. With my boys, with my boys, everything's a gun and they have Nerf guns, they have cap guns. So, I mean, it's, and the thing is for me, I think, is that they've seen me play it so much that they've already been exposed. They're just the ones behind the controller now. So that damage was done a long time ago. So I'm going to pay for that. No, and I think maybe you're right. Like, I think them like actually being exposed to it and not it being like, hey, you can't watch this. Go, Go away. You can't see what dad is doing. That probably takes away... Some of the, ooh, what's he doing? Uh, how, although, how can I get in Although on that? my wife and I did have a few conversations about that. Because there were some strikes and things. Like, there were some gnarly looking creatures out there. And when kids are a little bit younger, like, those images play a part on them. Like, like they can they can cause nightmares and stuff. Yeah, so dude, like, go we from cautious. that stupid cartoon. Like, remember the Lord <laughs> of the Rings cartoon? Like, I still have nightmares yep. of that version of oh, Golem with his big old that, face dude. and mini teeth crap creature yeah. out so yeah yep. so that was, well that's all don blue style so yeah <laughs> that guy anyway so cool i'm glad that you were back into destiny and you're back to playing games and i'm glad you got your oldest doing that so my son has filled up his vault and i'm like dude just delete all this stuff you do not need what's all this he stuff. doing putting stuff in his vault for i don't know he doesn't know he's a kid like what's he what's he know all right so really quick i actually have a lot of things on my list and we can talk about a bunch of the stuff that, we, that that I've done or not done because we went camping like this last weekend. We got away, got to go hang out with a bunch of kids. I learned that I'm not very funny. Apparently, this family member told me that I'm not funny. That's kind of stuck with me since that trip. I was just told that I'm just um, very sarcastic and not funny at all. So that's been something that's been like 
keeping me up at night. So that's great for my complex. Um, so I finished Binary Domain. Tavira Random is a member of the community that's like, hey, I really like this game. I want you to try this game. So go check it out. So he actually bought it for me. So I played it on Steam. Um, felt obligated. It's like, hey, if you're going to buy it for me, I will play it through to completion. So I played this game. This game came out in 2012. It is. It was from Sega. It is a third-person action shooter. All right. Really quick. like this is. I'm going to spoil this game right now. So this game is eight oh, years old no. at this point. Um, so spoiler warning, if you do not want to know how binary domain ends, then maybe come back in like three minutes. I'll try to keep it short. So binary, my binary domain is a really weird game because in this universe, there are people that have been turned into robots, but they do mm-hmm. not know that they are robots. Okay. They are called hollow children. They show x-rays of these people. They have a metal skeletal system. Skeletal is not really a word, but they have a metal skeleton. But they don't know. Yeah. They don't know that they're robots, which is super interesting, and which got me thinking. It's like, how do you not know, like, you're a robot? Like, does that mean, like, you never went through a metal detector? Because I'm sure that would go off. Like, when it gets super cold, your body would probably get, like, really, really cold because that metal is just going to, like, you know, retain that that cold and the heat, for that matter. Um, Like, if you ever, like, you know, I don't know, cut yourself or something. Anyway, a lot of questions about, like, you know, how true it would be that no one would know that you're a robot. Because these robots get shot in the face and, like, oh, look. I mean, you would have to think that if you never, like, lost a tooth or something, right? You would have to go in to get, like, a tooth pulled or a tooth replaced. Someone would figure out that you're a robot, like x-rays, anything like that. Anyway, turns out one of the members on your team is actually the daughter of a robot that mated with a human, and they can actually have children. The hollow children, the hollow people, the hollow child can have children. Those children are like a hybrid robot-human that is, is, it's really weird. Anyway. Hollow grandchildren? I don't know. It's it hollow so something. But these people, they, they go on through this whole quest and like this movie is this, I call it a movie because it's full, it's full of many, many movie tropes. So your buddy's the bad guy, then he's the good guy, and then this person's the bad guy, and you looked at this girl one time, so now you're gonna go make out, and now you're freaking out because she left this one time, and now you're like, oh, we can't leave her behind. So, um, it's about a nine hour game. So you can go through, play it. There's a bunch of twists at the end that will leave you just like raising your eyebrows, laughing a lot. Um, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I was able to play through it because it's something that I missed, and I'm trying to play through a bunch of these games that I had not played before just to kind of fill out my backlog. So that was Binary Domain. Um, if you want to go check it out, go check it out. If not, um, you can just hit me up and I'll tell you all about it. And I recorded a lot of audio. The dialogue is terrible. There is some <laughs> of the most cringy dialogue, and like it's it's Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham and um, Troy Baker are the main characters that that I recognize. But some of the dialogue is just delivered very, very badly. You can tell what the um, people at Sega think of Americans by the dialogue that they have in that game. So so that was Binary Domain. Also, I'm working on a, a pretty cool project that I'm going to have coming out. It is, it is going to be the first documentary put out by the Freelancer Codex. It'll be a documentary about a game that came out in 2014. Um, this game is considered a failure. So I got to sit down and talk with the developers for about two hours on why this game failed, their thoughts on it, their feelings about it. So we talk, it was a kickstarted game. So we go from 
um, conception, the Kickstarter, the funding of the Kickstarter, and it was a very, very successful Kickstarter um, to the development and everything that led up to eventually um, the game just um, not being very successful. So that's going to be something that's coming out. Um, it's a really fun project. It's been taking me a really long time to work on it just because there's, you know, it's something that I haven't done before. So I'm going to try to do it and it should be fun. It'll, it'll be cool. It'll be a cool documentary and you'll learn a lot. All right. I also played a game called Hellpoint. Hellpoint is something that recently released um, on Steam. It is a Dark Souls-like game set in a sci-fi universe. You wake up on a ship. I didn't get too far in it. It, it is like, it's, it's a Souls game. I mean, they took everything about Dark Souls, put it into this game, and added um, a couple of extra things on it. They added a jump, which is very different from all the, from Dark Souls if you've played those games before. It is very different. It's it's a very interesting game. I think if you like Souls game, this is one that you will probably like because it plays so much like Dark Souls. It has a very sci-fi tone. still has that very creepy, like, what's going on? Not a lot of things are explained in Hellpoint. Um, but but it's pretty interesting. It's also, it's very tough. So um, know that going in that if you are, if you do not like Souls games, you will not like Hellpoint. But if you do, you definitely will. So yeah, I played a lot of games. I played another game called Card Cataclysm, and this is, I received a code to play this game. Um, same for Hellpoint, I received a code for Hellpoint. So Card Cataclysm, Card, card Cataclysm, that's a hard word to say many times fast. It is kind of hard to say. It's a deck building game where you are a wizard, and you unleashed the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and you have to defeat them before they destroy the world. None of this is explained in the game, this is all explained on the Steam page. So what it is, is there, you go into these rooms, we'll call them rooms, and there are a certain amount of encounters in these rooms, and you can go up to these creatures, you fight them, you take them down. The mechanics are that you have a certain amount of cards that you can put out, and you can, you buy, you pay for them with the currency. So every, every time you go into a battle, your currency is renewed. So for example, I had like 48 gold at the end that I could pay to put these creatures out. And then you also have orbs, so the stronger creatures um, cost orbs to play, so you kind of have to balance these two things. Um, KDT, and that is not Leon in my background, that's um, Jesse Faden from Control. Um, so in order to play these cards, you have to pay for them, and then you put them out. And there's like a weird battle mechanic to where if I attack these creatures across the board, I can attack them, but then they'll retaliate and attack me back. So it's trying to figure out, I have this much attack, this much defense, they have this much attack, this much defense. What order do I put these out in order to achieve victory? So the first several levels of this game are super easy. Like, you don't really have to, like, think about it. It's just, okay, this math adds up. We do this, we do this, we do this, and then you achieve victory. So you get different types. There's, like, grass creatures, um, poison creatures, fire creatures, and all these other things. But then eventually, the difficulty ramps up very, very quickly to the point where a lot of your creatures are so expensive, you can only put a couple of them out, and you mm -hmm. quickly run out of resources. And, like, like that thing is... I don't know if it's just me not being very good at the game yet, or if the mechanics are just not fleshed out very Maybe well. broken. I, I think they might be a little bit broken um, personally because that's like the skill ceiling ramps up super fast. And it's just yeah. it's just automatically it's like, all right, this is super hard. It's super difficult. And now you're going to die. And when you die, it's not like you just have to restart that combat again. You start all the way over at the beginning of that level. 
So you could have been eight um, encounters deep, you lose, it also takes cards away, and you have to start over, which is super oh, frustrating. Man. So it's an yeah, interesting there game. Goes all that, there goes all that incentive to play. You're like, oh, I died again. Everything's gone. Start over. Yeah, and it and it, it does want to have like that roguelike or souls-like um, loop to it where like you die, you're going to get punished for it. But I think it like punishes you way too hard. Like when you die, and now it's like, all right, now I have to get all these things over again. Go back. You lose cards, so you're losing resources at the same time. So it's in early access. It's something that um, the developer is going to be working on. So the developer was actually streaming it today after I played, and I was watching him stream. I'm like, he was having an easy time at it. So I'm like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just like struggling at it. But anyway, <laughs> that's called Card Cataclysm. Um, I would suggest waiting until it comes out of early access. And then maybe check reviews then before you get into Card Cataclysm. All right. That's a lot of stuff that I've talked about. So um, I think the only other thing that I have is Horizon Zero Dawn comes out tomorrow. So I'm excited for that. So I think, mm. if anything, yeah, SJ says get good. It's like, seriously, maybe that's <laughs> what I should do. I should I should stream it. And then I'll be like, all right, you guys tell me how to get good here. But all right. So let's jump into the news. And we'll have Keanu bring us in. All right. I gotta talk to you about something. All right. Um, Keanu, thanks for bringing us the news. A couple things have happened. First off, because this is a classic Anthem show, we did have an Anthem blog update from Christian Daly, the new game director for Anthem, and JD wanted to come on and talk about that. So, JD, I will kick it over to you, and you can lead us off this discussion for the new Anthem update. All right, yeah. So uh, not too long ago, Christian Daly, it was, I think it was, yeah, July 31st, uh, Christian Daly uh, put out a blog post talking about, it was titled Anthem Update, Loot, and Equipment. Um, Let's see here. Um, I'll read the intro and then I'll pass it off to somebody else. Uh, But it says, hello again. I hope this finds you well and I appreciate everyone's patience as we work through the right timing for new information. We're excited to share with you our next blog, but we also want to be respectful of the larger conversations happening in the world. Recently, I started answering questions on Twitter and asked all of you to name some of the changes you would be most interested in hearing about. The response was pretty awesome. Lots of good topics and themes and an excitement to know more about where we are going. So to kick this off, we thought a good starting place would be to go over our high-level goals and changes we are exploring with loot and equipment. Before we get started, though, we love that we are able to share the progress and give a peek behind the curtain. That said, the ideas, images, and video clips uh, below are works in progress and all subject to change. Remember how the sausage is made. Uh, Steve, you want to take a satisfying loot experience? Uh, Sure. Let's see. So Christian said, let me, how come I did not do this beforehand? So one of the things that I was, let me move this, because usually I sort this this way, and if I do it this way, I can just narrate this to everyone that's listening on the podcast, and it was good. All right, satisfying loot experience. I mean, do you want me to read through the, I, I guess I can give you like the high level on this, JD, instead of like reading through all of these? Yeah, sure. All right, so high level really quick. So I will hit the bullet points that Christian talked about in this blog update, then I'll give my opinion on it. I kind of gave it on Twitter. So the, the main things that they're talking about are satisfying loot experience, right? And like if 
if you've been following the podcast since the very, very beginning, like mark these off if these sound familiar to you, right? So satisfying loot experience. He talks about respecting your time. Talking about embracing choice, being able to pursue specific loot without relying on randomness alone, quest specialized vendors, unique loot tables, et cetera, et cetera. Create a rewarding loot experience um, so that it feels exciting when you get it. Keep it accessible and immediate. So they're going to reveal and equip loot right away. Um, Completely revamp the equipment sheet, including detailed stat sheet. And reliability of equipment and rewards. So as I read this list... It just reminds me of episode um, 73 through episode 121 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Because these are things that we have asked for repeatedly. These were the conversations that we had after launch of Anthem over and over and over again. And one of the things, I guess if, if you don't mind me going off on a rant right now, is that when this blog dropped, I completely... And, and again, I will give the, the Freelancer Codex um, disclaimer that we are not telling you how to feel. Um, we will not tell you what to like. If you like this, that is cool. I'm super happy for you. I'm stoked for you. If you don't like this, that's fine too. I didn't understand why everyone is freaking out that these things were happening. Like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. This is going to change everything. This is going to be like, you know, I can't believe this is awesome. Like, go team. Like, I get it. Like, I am glad that they are finally implementing the things that we have been asking for since the beginning of Anthem 1.0. It is very hard for me to get excited about that because we have been asking for it since the beginning of Anthem 1.0. We didn't get for it, get it in 1.0 for a year and a half after that game launched. And those were the things that we kept asking for over and over and over again. Hey, we would like this. We would like this. And they were just never able to deliver that to us for whatever reason. And now with 2.0, I'm guessing they're revamping the engine. They're starting from the ground up. Like, that's cool. I am so glad that they're going to be able to deliver this. And again, like I want to point out that these are goals that the team has. Like, all of this is subject to change. Like, these are the goals that they have for, for 2.0. They want to respect our time. I hope so. But that's their goal. Like, none of this is set in stone. So people freaking out saying that this is going to be amazing and, you know, it's the second coming of Anthem. I don't get that sentiment right now because they are goals and we are so far away from launch. And maybe I'm just being super pessimistic about it. But, I mean... Like, I'm glad that you are doing the things that we've been talking about for a really long time, but it's super hard for me to get super excited about it. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just being like a stick in the mud and not getting super excited. Like, how do you feel, JD, about reading all the stuff that they're going to do? Well, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of there with you because, you know, like, well, I mean, especially, especially us, you know, like we, we did this podcast, um, you know, with, uh, you know, from the, 2017 reveal um onward you know we went a very long time without news and then when we finally had news it was kind of sparsed out and you know like we kept discussions going we committed our time we committed our energy so well, that burn of uh anthem under delivering when it came out uh was definitely felt by us um uh and so like yeah like i'm i'm, I'm just as weary of you know like what could like this is something um, that we've been asking for for a long time. Um, to that extent, I do kind of feel like this is kind of like, I, I feel like they kind of needed to start here because um, like 
it's things that we have been asking for for such a long time that if I feel like if they just went into other things without addressing these very large elephants in the room, um, I don't think like they would like people would keep asking about those things. Like, I, I feel the conversation probably would have been like, oh, it's great that you're, you know, doing this stuff to improve cosmetics. or You're doing this stuff to improve player agency. Or you're doing this stuff to improve the narrative. But what about the biggest problems we've been asking for for the last year and a half? You know, and, you know, I think uh, starting here, getting this out of the way first is probably going to allow them to, you know, get into more exciting things because like like these are the things uh, we've been asking for. Um, There were some cool uh, things that I saw in there with, again, um, I don't have a lot of feelings on everything we saw because there's quite frankly, like, um, there's not really enough there to really form an opinion on. Um, and what is there is so early on, it could easily change. But some interesting tidbits, of course, you know, like uh, looking at the equipment sheet right now, like it looks like armor counts as equipment now, um, which I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. Um, the biggest thing for me that I took away from it um, was their little, um, their little like mock-up of like the faction leaders uh, screens and that sort of thing. Yeah. It really has a lot of a destiny two vibe. And, you know, that's been talked about, you know, like it's a placeholder um, for me. I was really excited. Uh, well, not really excited. I was, uh, I was happy to see uh, them, you know, kind of like uh, shamelessly borrowing from another game, at least for this mock-up. I'm sure it's going to change later. Um, and, you know, have its own unique art style and look when we finally get to launch, but um, like we went from a development that was allegedly like, we can't even talk about other games because Anthem is going to be so special and unique and you can't, you shouldn't even compare it to other games too. We like, they are very clearly now looking at other games that, you know, I'm not going to say destiny two does everything successfully, especially having recently gotten back into destiny two. Um, but they're looking at successful examples of their counterparts in the genre. Um, and I think that's, I think that's good. Um, last thing I want to say is I, I like the, uh, I, I like the way how they're presenting it. Um, not a lot of context is being given. Um, they're just talking about uh, goals. Are they talking about the right goals? Are they talking about the goals that we want to hear about? I don't know. But um, I do think that they give just enough context for us to know what's being talked about without them, you know, overhyping things or uh, promising too, too much. Um, they're just saying what they're working towards, not necessarily, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I like that part, at least. I think I'm going to really need to see uh, the next update before I really decide, um, like, if, if this is something to really be, um, if it's worth getting... About. Yeah, excited about yeah. Because again, we got burned. We got burned hard. So yeah. So I'll, I'll take the a couple things from chat, then we'll kick it over to Mike for his opinion. So SJ says it wasn't what they said that excited me. It's the thought that they're continuing to work on the game that excites me. I'm not expecting a massive No Man's Sky next update, 
but I just want a reason to return to the game. <clears throat> and I totally understand that feeling that, hey, they're finally, they're saying something, it's more news, and, and I completely get that. And I, I vibe with that feeling also, SJ. I'm glad that they are talking with the community. And this is, this is one of the things that I struggle with because I have been down on the more frequent updates that they've given. I am glad that they're talking. I'm kind of sad that I haven't been like particularly enjoying what they've been talking about, but I am glad that they're talking about it. Like it, I mean, maybe 2.0 just won't be for me. Um, but I'm glad that they're communicating way more than they ever have in the past. And Phaedron says, talking about the things in, in the update that it's all tentative, that you wouldn't put any stock in any of it. And that's true because all that stuff is super early. Like the leader screen, the stat screen, all that stuff is going to change. None of that is going to stay the way that that is. I mean, no, that's just them putting graphics together on a sheet, mocking up what a stat shape, what a stat sheet is going to look like. I mean, there's a couple little things in there talking about skills and stuff, but again, I'm just not going to put myself in a situation where I hype myself up again and just to be disappointed. So it's better to not expect much than to get overhyped. So Mike, what are your thoughts on the Anthem update? Uh, definitely glad that, that they're working on something and, and for, you know, good, bad or indifferent, right, wrong or indifferent, I guess um, there, it seems like they're taking what the community, what the community has to say and is listening um and like like you said you hit some really good nails there and some good points if you've been following the show you know that that these are things that we've talked about these are things that people in our community have talked about um the game isn't it isn't a terrible game there are things that make it terrible and and the way some things are handled make it more terrible you know um so so again Great, great that they're looking this way. It sure looks like a whole, it sure looks like a game that I've played before. Um, and, and maybe that's because that, that formula is the one that works. Um, this one just has Bioware spin on it, which is great. But I, like you said, we'll see it. We'll see it when it comes out. It's, it's one thing to say and it's another thing to do. So if that's the direction that they're going and if they can hit on all those cylinders, great for them. Um, but but it's going to take, I think, something a little bit more to bring me back. As I was going through preparing for tonight's show, you know, reading all this stuff and, and thinking about, you know, maybe I should go back into Anthem and, and you know, play and see how everything feels and, you know, try to do a comparing front and back. I, I, I unfortunately had very little desire to do that because I'm like, well, why would I go back in? And like, because of the experience that I had. And so it's, it's a rough thing. It's a, it's a rough thing, I think, for us to have been where we are with Anthem and then to try to get excited for it because of that being burned before. So if, if it works out the way they want to, I think they're going to have something great on their hands and, and we'll play it. Um, and we'll def we'll definitely, I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to say we'll definitely try 2.0 but but there's a chance we could go back to 2.0 and see what's going on so i mean i mean it's probably safe to say that we'll definitely try 2.0 yeah. right yeah i mean that i mean we have to, we'll go try it we'll play it um we enjoy playing video games and that one will come out in 2022 sometime and we'll give it a go and we'll give it a shot um yeah i don't think there's any way that we wouldn't go play it and like check it out but unless they're like hey we don't want you ever to talk about our game again because you're ruining like the uh like, I guess they could fire and, us as game changers, which is well, also they, very possible. They could, and and they might say that they might ask us to tone it down and to 
keep our opinions to ourselves. In which case, because that's what fine, we do. Go for it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what right, we do. You know? We keep our opinions to ourselves all and for, the time. And for the most, and for the most part, we'll probably honor that and say, okay, fine, whatever. But I, we'll move I, on to something else. You might not. I'll, no, I won't. Like, the, I mean, the the yes, truth will, will out. Because, no, I won't. Like, if if someone well, says, hey, can you guys not talk about like what you feel about this game? I'm like, gonna okay, I'm going to talk harder. about it more. Like, why oh, would yeah. I? Like, that's like, oh, hey, yeah. don't read Harry Potter, kids. It's from the devil. Okay, Grandma, I won't go read Harry Potter. Let me go take it out of the trash. Right. All right. So if that's if anyone yeah. else has anything that they want to say about Anthem, you can go ahead and throw it in the chat. But I think we'll move on from there. So um, two point more news from Christian Daily. Christian's been sending out a lot of tweets of... Um, concept art from the cataclysm like i i really really like the concept art that came out of anthem i think their art book is super cool to look at they've got some really cool designs um in that book so like the more and more that we see of it it's like yep i really like what this game was supposed to be so all right moving on i've got to push a button because i'm trying to get all these time codes in here so i want to make sure i get this i just got to push a button it records it and then i move on all right real quick this isn't something that's like super big news but i just wanted to touch on it because i thought it was pretty interesting i was hoping devon xbox ambassador was going to be here today because this is something that i like, write up his alley but private division there you they are a video game publisher and they put out an announcement saying our team is always looking for new and unique projects to share with our community and to the world we're happy to announce that we're teaming up with three new studios the interesting thing is that one of those studios is Moon Game Studios. Moon is the studio that made Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Ori and the Blind Forest, which was um, produced, not produced, it was published by Microsoft, and it was a huge get for them because Ori is a fantastic game. Um, just recently released, they had publishing deals with Xbox. It came to, I'm pretty sure the Blind Forest came to Switch. Um, someone might have to fact check me on that, but I thought it was interesting that they're looking for other publishers to help them publish their games and they wouldn't just automatically go with Microsoft who has helped them publish their last two games. So I thought that was really interesting. The rumor is it's going to be an action RPG. So it'll be interesting to see what that studio produces. That is a studio that their last two games were amazing and awesome. I still need to go back and play Will of the Wisps. But yeah, so interesting stuff that they would not be going with Microsoft. All right, Mike, I want you to hit me with this next news here because this one is pretty big. This is pretty big. And and again, sad that Devin couldn't be with us because this is something that, that he would just be totally geeking out. But for those who might be living under rocks... I'm sure that if you follow this game, you know this by now, but Halo Infinite multiplayer will be free to play, yeah. right? So a couple, for the last few episodes, we've been talking, and Steve has really been um, kind of, not data mining, but he like he like has this, this um, theory and this idea and is really going deep on this, that that Microsoft is going to push more their um game pass service versus their xbox live service and and halo infinite going free to play for everyone kind of is an is another breadcrumb on that trail that steve is following saying yeah that that this really is the way to do it right we've been talking about game pass you know monthly fee hundreds of games versus versus xbox live you know, so so I think it's just 
again, just an awesome thing that 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 Halo is going free to play. It's Microsoft's one of their crown jewels, so maybe that has something to do with it. However, you know that they're that they're letting that kind of be their their uh, highest rung on their totem pole, maybe to to bring people in. Um, but we're excited, right? So yeah. now everybody gets to play multiplayer together and. And it's just fun. It's just fun to do, and it's going to make that p- player player base much larger. So yeah. So SJ and Katie, um, Devin is with his grandma. She had a health thing, so he could not make it tonight. So that's where he is. Um, we have not fired him yet. So the Halo thing is interesting because, Soon. like Mike said, this is going to greatly expand the player base. This is like a stupid, insane deal that you don't even have to have Game Pass. <laughs> In order to play Halo Infinite multiplayer, um, it's going to support 120 FPS on the Xbox Series X, which is pretty interesting. Um, I'm curious to see what happens between the Xbox One, Xbox Series X, if they're going to mix those pools, or if they're going to say, hey, if you're over here, it's 120. If you're over here, you're locked to 30. Like, you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, but the big thing is, and a lot of speculation that's been going around, because it is free to play, they still want to monetize it. Are there going to, is there going to be some sort of season pass, right? Is there going to be something that gets you to spend more money to make either your Spartan look different? I'm guessing it's going to be a Spartan. Um, I mean, it could, like, the other thing is there was a leak um, from, I think it was the Japanese Xbox Store page. They had the term, like under genre, it said Battle Royale shooting uh, for Halo oh. Infinite. So it, and I guess this isn't like too far-fetched, but this would be interesting if there was some sort of Battle Royale and you got a, a, um, a season pass very much like, Fortnite to where the more things that you did in the game mode, the more things you unlocked, you got different skins, different stickers, different visors. Right now, like playing Halo 5, you're able to upgrade your armor, you're able to change your helmet, you're able to change the visor on your helmet. In Halo Reach, you were able to change the left shoulder compared to the right shoulder and your arms and your legs, your torso and your helmet. So there are a lot of things that they could do to make you want to spend money in order to get those things faster. Like Reach right. had a ton of different armor sets. When they brought it over to um, the, the to Steam or to the Windows Store, they took a lot of that stuff away, so there wasn't as much customization. But I can totally see that if there is... I mean, even if it wasn't a Battle Royale, even if you are just doing multiplayer and you're getting matches in and you're building up this season pass, still unlocking armor, still getting different skins for your Molnir suit, like, I mean, there are things that they could do. Like, I don't know if I'd be like, I don't think I'm super against that. I mean, if that's the model that they're going for and that's the model people are used to now, like, you don't, ha- like, it doesn't change gameplay at all, like the way that you look, right? So I don't think they would ever do that. But it would, it'll be interesting to see, like, how this shapes up because this is, this is real. I mean, I think this is going to be like one of the big things for Microsoft is Halo going free to play. So everyone can jump in, no matter where you are. You can jump in on Xbox Game Pass. We'll talk about that later. But I think this is going to be huge. And I would love to see a Battle Royale for it. Even if it was like, you know, I, I think with with um, other games, like going to 200-person Battle Royale, I would love to see like some big giant map just on the Halo ring 
where the Covenant and the UNSC are just battling it out and you can just fight for as long as you want. Like, I think that would be really cool. So that's okay. Halo Infinite and that's the news on that. So JD, do you want to talk to us about Spider-Man, Marvel Avengers and all that crap that's going down right now? Yeah, um, I definitely had some thoughts on this one. Um, yeah, so the news came out earlier this week. I think, what was it, just yesterday or the day before? Yeah. Um, that uh, Spider-Man will be coming to Marvel's Avengers, uh, which is that new game by, uh, I think, Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics. Yep. Um, but Spider-Man is going to be exclusive to PlayStation console owners. Um, and yeah, let's see here. Uh, yeah, director Jeff Adams revealed it, um, and it will only come to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, which means no, but, uh, nothing for a PC, nothing for Xbox, um, and they will have, PlayStation players will have a 30-day exclusive access to a legendary outfit, legendary emote, epic takedown, and nameplate for each superhero as they are released, um, and it, it goes on a little bit more, um, you know, they we're getting Hawkeye, we're, uh, uh, you know, getting some stuff for uh, Kamala Khan as well. Um, but a lot of people were upset about the news that um, Spider-Man was going to be a timed, not even a time, uh, uh, going to be it's a just console, console exclusive. exclusive. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a console exclusive. Um, and the general reaction of the gaming community kind of seemed like, come on, are we still doing this? Um, because I, I mean, I, I, I get, you know, that that's how we used to sell consoles. And, you know, the last time we were on, we talked about like, um, you know, uh, how silly the notion of console exclusives are like, you know, the idea of, uh, like not being allowed to drive on certain roads because you drive a certain car. Like it's, it's a little ridiculous. And, um, you know, I just, I just think that it's, uh, it's like it's 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 Avengers, you know. Like it, Spider Man is like Spider Man is to, to some Marvel fans what Batman is to DC fans. Like it's like literally the only reason why some people are in that fandom, you know. And to have him not like you know be locked behind a console thing, um, and it, it's not like it's like a you know a, a DLC um, like skin. Like it's another character with like you know the same movesets and things like this. It's probably it is an have entire missions also. Yeah, it's an entire section of the game. Like we're talking missions, we're talking skill trees, we're talking multiple costumes, we're talking basically like if you were playing um if you were playing uh let's see here. I mean, I don't think you have to like give another analogy for it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very much like you're, you're playing with you either get it or you don't get it, right? Yeah, like it'd be like D and D with, uh, but you can't pay. Well, you can't uh, play Barbarian without, uh, you know, uh, paying for the three hundred dollar exclusive version of Fifth Edition. Like, so, 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 I guess my reaction, Mike, do you have a reaction at all to this? I mean, does this even like? Does it matter to you that if you were to buy this on Xbox, you would not get access to Spider Man? Um, it, it sort of does. I, because like. Because I, I go back to I go back to playing Destiny and the uh, Sony exclusives that they got, and we Hawk got Moon? a year later, right? I think Hawkmoon was even later than that. It took us forever to get Hawkmoon on Xbox. I yeah, I don't think I ever did. Probably not, because at that point, like no one cared that you had Hawkmoon. Yeah, yeah even right. It was one so, of the best so, like handguns in the game. 
So I think so. So I think that's my point is I'm like, I'm like, it, it actually does bug me. Right. Cause, 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 cause I want to play too, you know? So, right. And it's, but, and it's Spider-Man who doesn't want Spider-Man. So, so it, it does bug me in the fact that there are these deals. I'm, I'm actually a little bit okay with maybe a year exclusive. All right. Sony, Sony has these rights. PlayStation gets Spider-Man a year before Xbox gets it. There's at least light at the end of that tunnel. But to close that door completely, I'm like, seriously? Like, like, cause then, cause then what it does, Steve, is that if I really want Spider-Man and I really want to play this game, then I have to buy a new console. So their marketing strategy works. Service. It, except that, except that ultimately my, my checkbook is going to win out and I'm not going to get it. Okay. Right. And it might even, and it might even, um, um, soil my thoughts of the game that, that the Marvel game in general. So I won't even pick it up for Xbox because I, because I'm like, I, I can't play the full thing anyway. So why am I even going to get this? Right. Because there's, because there's that camp of people that is like, well, fine. If I can't have it on the thing I'm going to play, I'm not going to have it at all, which I get and I understand and I don't fault people for. Um, but then there's going to be that group who is going to be like, no, if I can't get it on an Xbox, I'm buying a PlayStation. I'm signing up for the service. I'm buying it for this game, uh, you know. And so there's there's people in all different camps. The camp I'm in is, I guess I don't get it, and I don't get to play this game. Yeah, and and I think but that's also fine. I don't I don't know if I was going to play that game anyway. <laughs> and, and that's what I was going to get to because I've been super critical and like not excited about this game anyway. So it's hard for me to yeah. like have, take the stance of like, oh, I'm mad now. Like, how can I be mad now if I wasn't on planning on playing the game anyway, right? So, right. But I like in the larger conversation of exclusives. It's like something that's been happening since the beginning. And I get that people are upset. I mean, there's been exclusive games from the beginning. You can only play Mario here. You can only play um, Halo here. You can only play Last of Us here. Like, I think, you know, when we talk about third-party games like The Avengers, like, it does suck if you're like, hey, this is the console I bought. This is all I can get. Now I don't get Spider-Man. Like, I totally understand that. But again, it's like... Like Sony's philosophy is we believe in generations and we believe that our console is the best and we want you to buy this console. I don't know how much like Microsoft really cares right now to be like, okay, whatever. Like we're pushing Game Pass. We're not pushing Mm -hmm. like buy it over here. We're pushing Game Pass. Like, can you imagine now if, (laughs) if, uh, Marvel Avengers came to Game Pass? Like that would be like a bigger get for microsoft to get people to come over to game pass than it would for sony people to get like spider-man over there because then you're paying 15 dollars, you're getting access to all this content and it's like well it's cool if you want to play it over there fine if you want to pay 15 dollars and play it over here on our console then do that so i I don't it's it i know a lot of people are upset about it it's really hard for me to get upset because this is not a game like i'm interested in playing at all like looking at all of the footage it looks super repetitive. It looks very boring to me. Um, like, like the big thing of like being the Hulk and having to hit a robot like six times before it destroys, like totally kills that power fantasy of being the Hulk. Yeah. Right. Doesn't I make mean, sense. like, like you're the Hulk, you like pick this up and you throw it into orbit. Like, why do you have to hit it so many times? I mean, so, and, and again, it's like, well, you got a video game fight somehow, but I don't know. It still doesn't it's look Hulk interesting smash. to me. 
Yeah. It's not and, Hulk hits things six times. You know? Right. And, and also, this is not going to be the Sony Spider-Man from their franchise. This is going to be a completely new Spider-Man. So we don't even know what that storyline is going to be. We don't even know like what we don't even know like what it's going to be about right now. So um, SJ says, are you going to try the open beta? I will try the open beta um, when it's free, and I'll try it out, and I'll check it out then, and then I'll make my I'll make up my mind based on my gameplay. But like I'm not super excited to jump in, so it's hard for me to get worked up about it. Like one of the <laughs> things that has changed recently is that Control, a game that I love that I played on PC, which I think is one of the best IPs of the last several years. That game was ex- had exclusive DLC to PlayStation and PC, and just recently they got the Foundation DLC on Xbox. But Remedy has, like, for the next um, DLC that is going to be coming out for Control, that's going to be coming out for... Um, it's going to be coming out at the same time for Xbox, PC, and PlayStation, which is going to be really cool. So I'm excited for that change. But again, like, exclusivity deals suck, but yeah. there's a reason that they do them, and it's because they work. If they did not work, if Sony did not see the value in the money that they spend to get those deals, they would not do it. And like that is the bottom line. They keep doing them because it the works. And there's no, I mean, they have people that monitor this stuff, and it's not like, oh man, we're losing tons of money, but let's still go get that Spider-Man deal. It's like, no, it's like, look how much money we bring in by making this stuff exclusive. And the only way for players to change it is to vote with your wallet. So if people don't buy it, and they say, hey, we're not buying this, I mean, I, I, I'll stop ranting on this anyway. Um, the well, other thing you to make know, a good point, and people should do, when you feel that way, you should do. And, and... And companies, they either can get on, they can either realize that. Um, so, so don't be that guy who goes out and buys it just to like, I don't know. Like what do you mean? Said, I mean, we don't yeah. tell people how we don't no, tell people but, how to do. But but if but people want to play it, it just because. Well, but yeah, it, but, but if people want to play it, then they should go out and buy it, right? I mean, I was no, I was excited for take it. a stand for something. But I mean, I, like, I'm is this the hill that they're going to die on? It could be. We could change the entire. The entire um, uh, ethos, and we could like change the world here, and we—I don't know if we're gonna do that, yeah. but no, I—I I, 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 I just—I just want to say this real quick. I was actually excited for Mar- the Marvel's Avengers game, like, um, like I was probably gonna get it when it came out. Um, probably not going to uh, anymore uh, because the entire reason why I was so excited for it was because. You know, I've been reading the Marvel comics for years. And it's and then, of course, you know, Marvel movies and everything. And I just thought about that whole thing of like, you know, like they could, you know, bring to life other areas of, you know, the Marvel comics that, you know, the movies couldn't, um, you know, kind of like in the same way, like those Ultimate Alliance games did and, you know, like other Marvel video games have over the years. And, you know, um, like the whole thing is that like, I, I just always like that because the Marvel universe always felt a lot more connected even in comic form more so than DC. And that's just a personal opinion, not making blanket statements, CAG, wherever you are. Um, but uh, yeah, like the, with them like separating one of like the biggest characters in the Avengers uh, to another console, it really just ruins that, like the, the kind of the, that, the core enjoyment. Well, the, the thing that made the idea so enjoyable to me, 
And but I mean, you can still play yeah. it. You have, I, you I, have I, a PlayStation I still, 4. So, I mean, yeah, but the whole thing is that like, I play on other consoles or I play on other things, you know, because I just have preferences for what I like. I have monstrously big hands. I don't like the PlayStation controllers. They feel too small. Like, I, I, I can never get past it. I never play with a mouse and keyboard. Um, so, like, generally speaking, I'm either playing on my Xbox or I'm playing on my PC with a uh, with a controller, like, uh, which is, you know, blasphemy to a lot of my friends. But, uh, you know, that's just what I do. I have my own preferences. And uh, even, even so, like, you know, it like separating, well, separating that, like, they could have, like, there's been other cross-platform games from Marvel's in the last... Well, well, like Marvel video games from the last 10 years where Sony just said nothing and just had Spider-Man on all consoles. And now they're just, you know, drawing this line in the sand because, I don't know, they feel their console is so superior, but they got to rely on a crutch like console exclusives. So, But I mean, I mean that, I don't know. I guess, th- I mean, that's been Sony's thing from the beginning. I mean, they're playing different games, right? They're not, like Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony are not playing the same game anymore of console dominance. They're just not. Yeah, like yeah. this is, like I don't know. Like if, like if you, if, if you don't want to play, that's fine. That's cool. Like I said, we don't tell people how to think on the Freelancer Codex podcast. We just share our opinions. All right. So that's enough of that. I was, I did have like this Blizzard stuff down in the notes, but I don't think we should talk about Blizzard because I guess their their practices are like pretty crappy to their employees right now. So we should probably just skip them. But speaking of PlayStation controllers, I've got to write a number down real quick and push a button. And while I do that, I'm going to stall for time by monologuing. Um, all right. PlayStation 4 controllers. This has been in the news a lot lately. Your PlayStation 4 controllers. Let's see. Will they work on the PlayStation 5? Let's see. They will work on the PlayStation 5 for the games that you can play a PlayStation 4 game on the PlayStation 5. Um, you will not be able to play the new Horizon um, Forbidden West with a DualShock controller. You'll be able to play it with a DualSense controller. You will be able to play if there's a backwards compatible game. Let's say the Amazing Sp- um, the Spider-Man game. If you can play that on the PS5 and it's a PS4 game, you'll be able to use your DualShock. Accessories will still work. Headsets, VR stuff, all that stuff will still work. Um, apparently, the internet lost their mind about this, and I don't rightly understand why. Normally, controllers don't move generations. I think probably because Xbox is allowing that to happen. People are kind of being like, hey, well, why can't you do it also, Sony? But I mean, I guess the only other time it's happened, Mike, is when we were able to take our GameCube Wavebird over to the Nintendo Wii because they put ports in it for it, for that. Because you know what? Is that what the, that was called? The, yeah, the Wavebird. Was the the Wavebird was probably like one of the greatest controllers ever made at the time. So they're like, hey, we people are definitely going to want to play this because they're going to want to play Smash Brothers. So they did that. Right. But yeah, like your PlayStation Five controller, your your PlayStation Five is going to come with a controller. That's the controller you use for the PlayStation Five, just like when you upgraded, you know, from the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty to Xbox mm-hmm. One. So, like, I and I totally understand. Like, well, and it's funny because I always thought that that part of console upgrades was also controller upgrades. Right. Exactly. I always I always put those two because because the Super Nintendo controller was way better than the Nintendo controller. That is correct. And the 60, the 64 was, eh, the GameCube, you know I mean, it, it progressed, the console progressed. So I figure... And then they you give know, you a like, Wiimote. Make, what was that all about? And then they give you a Wiimote. And they're like, here, use this. Play with this stick of gum. And you're like, I don't want to play with a stick of gum. You know? I'm and gonna so, feel like I'm going to break so, this dang thing. Exactly. 
So for me, when you upgrade a console, it just seems to me like, well, a controller comes with it. Now, now I guess if I stop and think about it and think about $60 controllers each time, and at what point do the differences get just, oh, this is just a firmware update. This is just <laughs> a, you know, we moved, we moved the D-pad 0.62 inches down well that's what xbox is doing now um for that very reason because the controllers are very similar they added another button Mm -hmm. it's probably their share button or whatever but all your xbox one controllers are going to work on the xbox series x all the series x controllers are going to use work on the xbox one x or the xbox one because they're they're essentially they're the same thing right and if and if they're the same controller that makes sense if you're not making because Xbox is also because they sell their Elite, right? So they right. they sell their they sell an an upgraded controller separate from everything for those people who want to take it to a next level that way. And in that case, I'm okay with those items and those different price points because um, I still have the opportunity when I and I need to buy a new controller because kids and sticky fingers make kids are hard on anyway. a man like kids what are you are doing to this controller like why are you taking are the you rubber sitting off of it yeah. what are you doing how do you even play this game yeah. it's kids, just, man. it's just frustrating and one of my one of my a buttons stick and i'm like oh this is not okay so anyway that was a tangent but no i don't i think it's important <laughs> because you know what they should do yeah. along with these controllers is make them easy to take apart and easy to clean the xbox yeah. controllers suck to clean because those buttons are in a like the buttons are like this big anyway they're not just like little mm-hmm. tiny flat buttons so if you drop something in there or if a kid drops something in there and they get in that crack you've got sticky from here all the way down and then they sit yeah. inside of a sleeve that if that gets sticky there's no way you're going to clean that thing out unless you take it all the way apart nope. and it's a pain and you can break those or, stupid little nubs that hold the shoulder buttons on or buy a new one and that's right because that's what because that's what ultimately they're going for. We we can make this we can make this really easy for people to clean and not get that seventy dollars every every eighteen months, or we can make it to where they break, which which really stinks. Uh, and and on that other hand, uh, and I guess this doesn't work with um, I guess it does work with with Xbox with Xbox One that there's there's um, aftermarket controllers that are ported right or third party so controllers. Third party, yeah, not aftermarket. Third party, they're recorded, so you could go that way if you. That might be what I do. And, and it, it really should be what you do. Recorded ones, yeah. But, but the problem is, then you remember when we were playing the Super Nintendo all the time, and you start running around, and you trip on the cord, and you yank the whole you, box off the thing, and you pull and you, everything out of the wall. Yeah. yeah, it happened when we plugged in the uh, the SNES Classic. So there you go. So you just got to yeah, anticipate that, that happening. That plans yeah, out. Get rid of that yeah. plan altogether. I forgot that I should have been recording yeah. this video, and I'm not. So that sucks. <laughs> Why? Um, oh, just so I could put it on YouTube later, but I'll just have to pull the video. So yeah, so controllers, that's a thing. People are upset ab- mm-hmm. about them. Phaedron says kids suck. Yes, they do. Wait till they get 11, Phaedron. Then you're in for it. <laughs> yours, um, yours isn't even walking yet, is he? <laughs> um, but I, I am excited... I'm excited for the new controllers. I'm excited for the DualSense to get my hands on it, see what that thing's all about, because I do not like the DualShock. Like JD, I do not like the DualShock controller, and it looks like the DualSense is changing shape, and I think I'm going to be down with how that thing works. So I'm excited to get that thing in my hands. 
All right. You want to talk about this? This next story is actually pretty interesting. I just got to push a couple buttons here and then I'll be ready to talk about this next story. So let's talk about Xbox game. According to them timestamps. I am. I got to do it. Like one person asked me to do it and I guess I got to do it. All right. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate on September 15th is coming to xCloud for Android users only. Microsoft is not going to be able to bring this to iOS because the Apple Store does not like to play nicely with people that can buy things on their store and they don't get a cut of it, right? (laughs) So ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Um, Apple is not going to allow this to happen, which is a huge bummer. And this is this probably the same exact reason why it has not come to Stadia yet or Stadia has not come to iOS yet because Apple wants a cut of that because they don't have enough money already anyway. So anyway, so Xbox says they're excited, excited to share more about what you can expect. Beginning September 15th, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members can play more than 100 games from the cloud on their Android phone or tablet. Cloud gaming will launch in beta for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members in 22 markets to ensure stability. Stability, stability? is the word. We got to have that stability. As we scale the future to millions of gamers. All the experiences you expect on Xbox are going to be traveling with you on your Android phone, Android tablet, um, your friends list, achievements, controller settings, all that stuff is coming. I'm a super, I am super excited for um, xCloud to be coming to Game Pass. Um, I am at the time where I have to decide if I'm going to upgrade my phone and get another iPhone, which I've been in that ecosystem for like the last 10 years, or if for the sake of science and the sake of this show... I switch over Sick to Android and I get into that ecosystem so that I can also participate in Xbox xCloud gaming. And this will drive so, Devin uh, mad because he does not so Steve, have one. Yes. I uh, I remember a time where where you had iOS and there was a game coming out that was supposed to work seamlessly with an Android device. And you picked up that device. And I remember having a conversation with you saying, are you really going to do this, Steve? Is that what you're doing? He's like, yeah, I got to do it because I can do this. And, and I remember that not long after that, that, it, that same capability that you jumped phones for came to iOS. So what you were thinking about is there wasn't, so I bought a Windows phone. I was a Windows phone adopter, right? I got all the little tiles. I can move my tiles around. It was great. It really wasn't. Um, but they had Xbox integration on that phone and they're saying it's only going to come to Windows phone. It's only going to come to the 10 people that actually bought a Windows phone, right? <laughs> and I was going to be able to control my Xbox One X or my Xbox One from that phone and do all this cool stuff. And I did that for a month and then they're like, Oh yeah, we don't have enough people to support this. So we're going to bring it over to iOS. So there goes that. The phone was crap anyway. Man, that thing was a pain to use. So yes, I had make I have made mistakes before when it comes to phones and trying to pick the right phone. But this time, this time's gonna be this different. This time's gonna be different. So I have to <laughs> because the ability to just like, hey, um I can just play this on my phone right now, I can be in bed, I can hook this up. I did buy one of the phone clips um that I can put clip it onto one of my controllers and put it on that way so I can use it. So I I am tempted to do that although like there's so many things i have like connected to my iphone that i control like all this content my kids um are able to access on their devices from my phone which is super handy to have but 
I don't know, science and the podcast. Maybe I have to sacrifice my kid's safety um, for the maybe podcast. You have to, maybe you have to get a secondary line. No, that's expensive, and that's stupid expensive. So I don't know if I want to do that. So Science. Um, I guess science can suck it. Um, <laughs> so are you guys going to change phones? Uh, hard pass. JD, no. are you phone changer? No. You guys are weak. You guys don't believe in the science. I just, I can't. I just can't. No, I I totally get it. I mean, it's living in an ecosystem, and it's a tough thing to do. All right. So, SJ says, I was planning on playing it on my iPad while I work from home, and you cannot do that. You're going to have to go buy an Android tablet in order to do that, which is a huge bummer. All right. Um, Baldur's Gate, which is a game that I am super excited about, is being delayed. There was anticipation that it was going to be released this month, at least the early access version, but it is not. Um, it's going to be released later, and it is going. They're going to announce that at a, at a later date, like at the end of the month. They're going to tell us when they're going to announce it. Or I, I assume that COVID is related. They had to push that back um, because people working from home makes that tough. So they're going to have to push that back. All right. So that is Baldur's Gate three. I know. I don't know if um, you guys are excited about Baldur's Gate three at all, but I just wanted to throw that in there. So August eighteenth, they're going to tell us when it's going to be released too, right? Super exciting stuff. Woo-hoo. I know. You guys are super oh, yeah. excited about it. About as excited oh, yeah. as I am. I, so, I love talking about video games. I also like photography. <laughs> I should get that clip. Let's see what clip plays when I push this button. Hey, ladies. How about we focus on getting out of here instead of slapping each other like a bunch of little kids? Uh, that's binary domain writing. Let's see. Try this again. Oh. Nope, this is not it. This is actually from Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Let me try this one more time. You're not listening, soldier. <laughs> Female hollow children can be impregnated by a human male. Also from Binary Domain. That was one of the lines that I captured out. So I can't find it right now. I've got a random sound clip generator that I was hoping I was going to play that clip. So maybe if I push it one more time. Brave season to you. May their bones be picked clean. Uh, what? Hey, that was from Anthem. All right, it's not going to work. <clears throat> All right, so let's move on to Battletoads here. Guys, I don't know how many of you have seen the new Battletoads trailer that has dropped. Um, Battletoads has been being teased by Phil Spencer since 2017. I believe he had, yep, I believe he had a um, Battletoads shirt on. Um, at the same at the same time the anthem was revealed i don't know have you guys seen this at all or is this something that i just i've seen have you looked it up have you seen the art style for battletoads so so i have been seeing that around i have been seeing the the battletoad stuff around and and i guess i don't i don't know why what is different about it cuz it looked like the battletoads that i remember you are you are insane let me i'm going to pull this thing up and i can show chat so I'm going to type into here, and you guys can talk about your Battletoads memories. Battletoads. So we actually we actually just played Battletoads when we pulled out the SNES Classic. Did you really? And we did because we had it on there. We played it. We tried it a couple times, and the boy and we didn't get very far because the boys kept punching me, and I forgot to turn on no friendly fire. So so that was frustrating. Um, but yeah, it looked. I mean, obviously. Obviously, I guess I guess maybe I didn't see gameplay stuff, but I saw yeah, like I just put a, I just put a link in there. So click on that link, Mike. Click on it. It's Let's the uh, second link. It's not the Game Informer link. It's the YouTube link um, for Battletoads. So Battletoads is being made by Dalala Studios. This is a studio that I have not heard before. 
This art style is very, um, like Phaedron says, it's TMNT style art. It. Oh yeah, that's that's not even TMNT. <clears throat> that's that's um, that's a uh, Teen Titans. It's it's very it's very different. It is not what I. I mean, we have seen it before, and I didn't like it then. I like it less now um, because they're not going to change it. So this was something that I was kind of excited for, especially after seeing Rash in Killer Instinct. That was going to be something that was like, hey, they're going to do something cool with this IP. Um, like, I I have a lot of nostalgia for Super Battletoads playing it on the SNES and going through all that stuff. Right. But the way that this game looks, um, it just it just looks really bad to me. And I'm not excited to play it at all. And I wish they but, would have gone so, through with a different so it doesn't direction. Look, so it doesn't look bad, right? Like it's not, it's not terrible. I mean, it's you're like, okay, that's cartoony. That's it looks like a flash game. It does. It does look like a flash game. Um, but maybe that's the platform that it's built on. Maybe that's where it's coming. Flash is dead. Maybe it's so that Flash died when it, Strong it, Bad died. It reminds me of one of the many uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reboots, like the animated one, like that same that same kind of like weird, like edgy, thick outline art style that they had. I think for one of the more recent ones. Yeah, saw saw poster. You saw a poster? Yeah, I saw a poster uh, on it. I just remember I just remember seeing it like at like a Target or something, and I was just kind of like that. Doesn't look like the turtles to me. You saw, it's, it's kind of, you saw a battle. You saw a battle toad. No, 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 no. I'm saying like the. I'm reminded of that like same like drastic change in art style from like the like the teenage mutant ninja turtles that I grew up with to like this weird poster I saw at Target that apparently is what they look like now. Like it's the same kind of like jump in like artistic quality from like the old battle toads to like this uh, thing. So, all right. I'm gonna push this button now, JD. If you're okay with me pushing this button here, that's a. You are my greatest pride. Remember that. You will bring this family to glory. There you go, JD. No pressure. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is Godfall. <laughs> Godfall got a new. Um... Um, nine minute video today and this is something that i've been excited to talk about something that uh godfall has interest for a lot of people i know phadrian is not a huge fan of what he's seen so far but there are new valor plates um scattered throughout this video there are 12 valor plates in total we have seen four of them so far we just got a glimpse of two extra ones you can kind of see more in the background during one shot but it's super blurry so you can't make anything out so keith lee he's the director for godfall he used to be with blizzard um Talked a lot about combat, showed off the long swords, the abilities that they have, showed off the dual blades, the abilities that they have, and all the cool things that they're going to be doing. So Shield is going to play a huge role for Godfall. They talked about combat. There, I think there was still something wrong with the footage that they showed because all the enemies looked like they were static and they were not moving or the AI was set super low. But there was something wrong with the enemies in the video that they were showing because they were not attacking hardly at all. They were not being very aggressive. It just looked like they were standing around waiting to get attacked. Um, Fajin does says, I like what they're showing it off, though. They're being transparent, even if it's a bit rough. Good on them. Yeah. 
So SJ says the video actually lessened my excitement. So SJ, why did why did it lessen your excitement? The one thing that I'm excited for is they did talk about the skill based combat. They talked about um, the parrying, um, the timing attacks. So it's not just a button masher. There are button mashy combos in there, but there are some other things that they can do. I think one of the things that um, okay, so SJ says it looks too button mashy. Um, the, the initial videos did look very button mashy when they showed off combat, but I think, I, I don't know again if it's just the enemy difficulty was set super low or if there's something going on with the AI that they just haven't set right, right now, but it, it didn't look like any of the enemies were being very aggressive at all. So it didn't really make the player character actually have to do much other than button mash. But there are some parry systems. There's some combos when people get knocked on the floor that they can do takedowns. There's um, shield throws. There is a there's a couple other things that they can do. I'm gonna put a video together um, sometime later for the Godfall 101 channel and kind of go over that stuff. But I I think it's starting to shape up. I still think there's a lot more that we need to see. They need to talk about the augments. There's still three weapons that they need to talk about. There's still like six valor plates that we haven't heard anything on. The augments, the passive buffs. What makes this Valor Plate different over all the other Valor Plates and why would you want to play them other than looks? So it, it is going to be coming soon because I think um, it's going to be a launch title for the PlayStation 5. That, I think we're all guessing, is going to be dropping sometime in November. So it's coming up very soon. So a couple more months and then we should have more Godfall information. So, all right. The next thing that we that I wanted to talk about before we ended here... I guess we already talked about the that control there. The new control DLC will be dropping on August 27th, and that was revealed today. It is a tie-in. I guess this is spo- I, I guess that's not spoilers. I mean, it's in the press briefing that they put out for it. So, um, this is the Alan Wake expansion. So, revealed during today's PlayStation State of Play stream, the expansion pack arrives on August 27th on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and on, and that's via the Epic Game Store. So, the AW, so AWE, um, initially in world, it's called the Altered World Event, um, but it's been dubbed as the Alan Wake expansion, um, is its official title. So it's the second major expansion. It's going to be following the DLC, and that stuff's going to keep going. So we'll see Jesse fade in ex- exploration of the oldest house continue, taking players to investigate this to the investigation sector where the FBC, that's the Federal Bureau of Control, is looking into paranormal happenings called Altered World Events. You'll have to be, let's see, sorry. You'll need to have completed the seventh main mission on Control's campaign before accessing this. Okay, this is just all stuff. That, I thought you were going to tell me about the story blurb, all right? You're just going to tell me I have to complete the game. So you had to complete the original game in order to get access to this. So that's all there is there. So I am super excited to be learning more about Alan Wake and what he's doing in Control because I think Control is an amazing game and I think more people should play it. So that's all I have to say about Control. KDT, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, have a good night, and we will catch you later. We appreciate you hanging out. Thanks, man. All right. So yeah. if there is nothing else, I think this is pretty much the end of all the news that I had. I think there's a lot of other things that have come out. I think we probably could have talked about more Halo if Devin was here. But I think we, we talked a little about a lot of stuff. Hopefully Devin and his grandma are okay. Um, guys, I really appreciate you hanging out with me and talking about all this stuff. I think we covered a lot of ground. There was a lot to talk about. 
I think there's going to continue to be a lot to talk about. Um, we've got Cyberpunk stuff coming up in the future. We have Gamescom coming up in the future where they're going to be announcing a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of demos coming out. We have Horizon Zero Dawn dropping tomorrow, which I am really excited for. So, yeah. Chat, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Phaedron, SJ, Michael, Katie. Um, Who did I miss? Who else was hanging out on chat here that I missed on this list right here? So, do-do-do. Well, I really appreciate it, Katie, you checking into the uh, into the podcast. So, again, if you want to support us, go check out the podcast. Go rate it on iTunes or whatever your podcatcher is. Drop us a five-star if you think we're worth five-star. If you want to continue mm-hmm. to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. You can drop a dollar there. I just sent out our challenge coins to our $10 supporters um over there so they're getting our our monthly challenge coin which is going to be super cool so everyone else thank you for hanging out scout there you are scout i didn't scroll up enough to remember that you were in chat with us so everyone thank you so much for hanging out with us i'm going to drop you with this random audio quote here see you just get more ori in the blind forest here and until next time you guys be safe um and be good to each other Thank you for listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com or voice messages to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all. Hey, let's start playing again. I am going to push a couple buttons in the stream. People are going to be like able to hang out with us until I end this. So Hmm. I'm going to push.